Hey, the Rays got six hitless innings from Nathan Ovaldi Wednesday night. They won their fifth game in a row, beating the A's six to nothing. But they lose on the getaway day, five to two, as the bullpen falters. And the Tampa Bay Lightning—they made a coaching change. No, not John Cooper, but also Ryan Callahan is going to go under the knife. We have some Lightning news as well. And the Bucks resumed OTAs. Eyes at one buck place. We had a chance to talk to new center Ryan Jensen, and we'll play that interview for you. Some good insight. From the Ravens free agent. All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud with the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. You know, June is a month for proposals. So you found your soulmate. Congratulations are in order. No doubt your head is swimming with the excitement and the plans for the future. And not just the proposal in particular. How about the engagement ring? Do you want to surprise her when you propose or do you want to shop for it together? No matter. What you decide about the how, the where, well, that's easy. Guys, go visit my friend Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. You're going to find an exquisite engagement or wedding rings. He's got the best collection. You'll see brilliant diamonds in every cut imaginable. They have loose diamonds as well as those mounted in precious metals. And the choices are available in all kinds of ranges from classic to traditional to unique to trendy. And the best thing of all, wholesale prices with no pressure. Look, when you come in... Annie's going to pour you a nice scotch. She's going to show you whatever catches your eye, and he's going to help you decide on that perfect ring for your fiancé while being respectful of your price range. Plus, you're going to learn the finer points of shopping for diamonds in the process. I'm telling you, you got to go see my friend Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's wholesale. That's where I shop. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. So, Steve, let's go back to Wednesday night, man. I, I watched this game, and I, I was expecting maybe Nathan Navaldi would be a little rusty. Maybe he would get through three, I don't know, four innings. I don't know what to what I was expecting. Tell you what I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting the dude to go out there and throw six hitless innings. I mean, Kevin Cash had to go get a guy with a no-no. It's not the first time he's done it. I was going to say, but... he had to do it with Ryan Stanek the other day. <laughs> no, but, geez, six innings, and he was tossing up there – and this is after having surgery uh, to remove particles in his elbow. He's up there throwing 98 miles an hour. I mean, it was incredible. And, you know, so the, the Rays pitchers, along, you know, starting with Evaldi, they end up combining for a one-hitter. They beat the A's 6 to nothing um, on uh, Wednesday night. They go, end up going two games over 500. And uh, it was funny. Kevin Cash was asked if he heard from anybody that was upset that he took Evaldi out in, with a no-no. And he said, yeah, my mother <laughs> – <laughs> so it's a true story. So Avaldi wasn't happy either. I mean, he was kind of like eh, he kind of gave him the Heisman a little bit when he came over. Cash didn't really know what to say to him except that, hey man, we never we never plan on you going more than six innings anyway. Uh, and you know, I mean, they're trying to be careful with a guy that's coming off elbow surgery, and we know his history with what two and a half Tommy John surgeries or something like that. Yeah, I mean, remember um, he was the number three starter for the race this year. He got hurt. Uh, what essentially two, three days before the season began, which then really caused the whole bullpen days went from one bullpen day to two bullpen days right off the bat for the season. Um, so, right. you know, the way Blake Snell has been pitching this year, he's established himself as, you know, potentially the ace on this staff. Chris Archer's pitched pretty well of late. And now with Nathan Avaldi, um, you have to really like what the Rays' chances are right now because their bats are doing really well, um, which is what, you know, you and I never expected would happen this year. Through in their oh. you know past the third waypoint of the season already, so this is a huge sample size already, and, and their bats are hitting. Now you've got three pitchers that, assuming Nathan Avaldi can 
continue to to pitch well. I don't Stay expect healthy, six no hit yeah. innings every game, but mm-hmm. that'd be nice. But um, you know, you really have to like. And, and the bullpen days have not been have not been failures at this point. I mean, yes, Thursday, you know, Ryan Stanek gave up some runners, and then uh, Ryan Yarbrough gave up runs after that, and they lose seven to three. But at, overall, I don't think that the starting a a reliever in the bullpen days have been failures to this point. I don't know if they're arousing success yet, but you have to well, like what the three, Rays are doing. They're three and three in those games um, so far. It's a small sample size, but in six games they're five hundred. So okay, you take that mm-hmm. if that were your if that were your third or fourth starter, you'd be like, okay, if that guy goes five hundred, I'm okay with it. You know, um, you're just trying to tread water a little bit when you get that far down, especially the way they're doing it. I mean, you know, with Sergio Romo starting back-to-back games, that sort of thing. I mean, they're really kind of all over the place with that. Um, but you're right, going back to uh, just the way the bats have have woke up, and they, they got behind, you know, I don't know, seven to nothing. They, they started to put together a little bit of rally. This uh, Daniel uh, Mengden, um, the pitch for the A's, was just on fire. I mean, he was – you see this guy? He's got the Raleigh Fingers wax mustache. Mm-hmm. He was, like, unhittable until he got to, like, the ninth inning. Well, I his previous outing was a complete game shutout against the Diamondbacks. Yeah, he's on fire. I mean, yeah. he's great. And and they really struggled trying to. They put together some hits, and it looked like I mean they had runners on second and third down, what seven to three and a base hit. It's seven to five with you know with with two outs, and all of a sudden you're like, well, I got a chance. But um, you know, no no crime in in taking three out of four on the West Coast against the Oakland A's when you played one game in St. Petersburg on Sunday afternoon, got on a plane, flew out there, and then played Memorial Day in the afternoon in Oakland. So. Uh, so far, this is a great start to their road trip. Oh, phenomenal start. And now you have a big series against Seattle this coming up tonight. Yeah, um, it is. Seattle is the second wild card slot right now. And you're about – they're still playing as we record this on Thursday night. But uh, right. going into that, you're five games back of them. Um, early, Too early to be you know chasing everybody down. But oh, sure. you're better off taking two of three in this series than one of three. You, we want to make up some ground, make up a game. Uh, if you could sweep them, even better. But, you know. Two of three is, is all you need in this series. You'd rather not, you know, get swept or go one of three and then lose ground to them. As you know, that's really what you're chasing for is a second wild card. Yeah, just win series. And if you can take two out of three against Seattle, you dent them a little bit, and it's a long season. I mean, you know, today is June first, um, so you know we are no longer at the start of the season. I mean, we're got we're pretty well into it now. They're still, you know, they're one game over 500 considering where they started. If you stay around 500. Uh, and don't forget, I think the Rays will have played the most road games by the time they get back from this road trip of any team in the majors. So the schedule is going to flip. They're going to have some some home cooking here for a while, um, which they should benefit from. So you know, and again, you know, they're uh, it's going to be a Sergio or, or a Ryan Stanek day, and then they're going to come in with Austin Pruitt. Well, on you know on Sunday, Austin Pruitt came in and got a five and one third inning save. You know he was really good, and he's been better each time that uh, that he goes out on the mound. So they're not giving away this game. And then after you know after today tonight, they're going to have Chris Archer ready, and then follow that up with uh, Blake Snell. So it, it it sets up pretty well against the Seattle Mariners, which is a team that frankly they you know playing in Seattle they haven't had a whole lot of success. And don't forget, you got some motivated guys you traded there in. Denard Span, and you might see Alex Colomay a time or two. So this, this this series has some interesting subplots already. It does. And there was an interesting move by the Rays today, too. I don't know if you saw it. Um, they traded Kirk Casale uh, to the, the Cincinnati Reds for some cash considerations. And it, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting move 
because everyone's assuming Wilson Ramos is going to be traded by the trade deadline. And, Are they? Well, I, I think a lot of people think, or there's a good chance of that happening. Because he's not signed for next year. He's not signed for next year. He's hitting really well. His value is... And if is, he's healthy, he's going to get a huge set contract. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and But, you know, a team looking for a catcher, and he's hitting mm-hmm. really well this year. Yes, he is. He would be a, a prized commodity. So there's a yep. chance. So if you trade him, Kirk Casale would have been the call-up. So kind of an right. interesting move that they, they traded him. Now, they had a minor league catcher, and I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, they got him from the Yankees a couple years ago in a trade. He's going to high A Charlotte. He just came off a drug suspension. Uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, I believe, or Wednesday or Thursday. Um, Nick uh, Quafo or something like Quifo or something like that. I don't know exactly the name. but um, So he he's now in the system or back in the system after serving two months of a suspension. So that may be part of the reason. And he's kind of their best catching prospect in the, in the system. Um, right. So maybe that's part of the reason of moving everybody up. But it was just an interesting trade. I mean, maybe it means nothing, but... I mean, I think if uh, and, and they're going to need catching, obviously that that for you know so many years has been their weakness, and obviously the Wilson Ramos thing has worked out this year. It didn't so much the previous year because of injuries. But you know what? You know who's underrated in my opinion is Jesus Sucre. Mm-hmm. Sucre is a good, you know, a, a, a tough out, and he takes a beating back there, but he can throw okay, and he's a pretty good defensive catcher. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think you know he may not be Wilson Ramos in terms of his upside. Or his power, but overall, I mean, he's he's better than what they've had before they got Ramos, and I think they'd be okay, at least in the short term, if that's what if they were able to get some prospects, or you know, if something made sense for them. Now, you know, if we get down to it and they not they're not getting enough offered for them, and they're in the wild card hunt, they may decide you know just to play it out and oh, absolutely, they could, and, and yeah, so and I think a happens. lot of it will depend on what happens over the next two months. But sure, you know, it will. if you remember, Kirk Casale was pretty much the, the the starting catcher in 2016. Jesus Sucre yeah, essentially knocked him out of that, or at least the backup role last year when Wilson Ramos came back, and, and right. Kirk Casale spent most of last year in AAA, and, and this year he's been in AAA as well. So, Casale Casale was a terrible catcher. <laughs> he just, I mean, it was it was an adventure back there with him. I thought. You know, it, it just didn't block the ball very well. I don't know. He's more better hitter than he was maybe a defensive guy. I guess that's what that's what I'm getting at. But um, but they gave Casale a chance to play now and, and mm-hmm. make it to the big leagues. And well, he was a free had, agent in the off season. He signed with the Angels and then the Rangers, but ended up right. not on either of those teams. So the Rays re-signed him to go down to Durham to be insurance sure. for either Ramos or Sucre if they got hurt. He knows the Rays pitchers pretty well. He knows their oh, system. Yeah. So. It was a good, it was a good signing, and, and for him, this is a good thing. He's probably going to go to the majors with the Reds and, and get major league time. So, you know, personally for him, it's a good thing. It's funny. I, when I was out at One Buck Place, I was talking to Martin Fenley, our columnist, and we were just talking about the Rays, and it's, it's nice that the Rays are actually being talked about a little bit just in the circles that I run. But um, we were saying, that, do you feel kind of guilty even, even thinking about these guys late into September being – you know, being a contender because they could lose the next nine games. I mean, would we be surprised? I mean, it's like you just keep expecting for the bottom to fall out, and it doesn't. And here we are June 1st, and the way Snell is pitching, Archer pitching better of late. Now now you add Ivaldi. Um, I, think I, saw, team, I think I saw a stat that the Rays are the first team in 10 years to get to 500 before June 1st after being nine games under 500 at some point. Yeah. Well, I think I saw where they over the last I don't know what thirty games or something like that. They probably have like the fifth best record in mm-hmm. baseball. I mean, they started so, four and thirteen, and they're now a game over five hundred. 
at yeah, you know so, 56, so. 57 games in, where there's somewhere right around that that mark. Which means they played about 12 games over 500 to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, good on them. And uh, and again, a big series. They're all big, but a big series in Seattle, a place that they don't traditionally play well, and it's got some some nice subplots to it. And uh, I think it'll be fun. Kind of enjoying. Tom Jones wrote a column about late night baseball. I kind of enjoy it, except that now I find it harder to stay up with this podcast. But um, I, I like but, the I like the afternoon games on the West Coast that start about yeah, three or four, three or four o'clock. I, and you know, now you're, you're talking you're coming home from work and you got the Rays on and yes, you know, I kind of like yes. that. Yeah, the ten o'clock. I mean, you know, if you can stay up for it, fantastic. But I like the I like their their day games, the getaway games, like Thursday was. I agree, except it didn't turn out well. Uh, yeah, for the, the outcome I didn't care for, but. And that that's not uncommon because I think when you take in three in a row, you know, eh, it's getaway day. Well, they'd won what five in a row going into that, so five straight. Yeah, I mean, I you mean know, eventually, it's you're hard win to five out of every straight. six. I'll take it. Oh, no doubt, no doubt, they're playing great. So we'll follow the Rays through the weekend, and of course, we'll talk to you uh, about them and uh, and how that evolves with that Seattle series, and then it's on to Washington when they play uh, the Nationals uh, in Washington. So um, mentioned that. Uh, there was a little bit of news made out there uh, at the Lightning. The Bolts made some moves. So they let go. We talked about this a little bit. Um, no, it wasn't John Cooper. But I think, Steve, you might have predicted this, that uh, they let Rick Bonus go, their associate coach. They, and they agreed to part ways with Brad Lauer, who I guess their, his contract was up. Bonus now coached, I guess, the defense and maybe the penalty, and the penalty kill for kill, the past which, five seasons. Yep, and that's been the, that was the biggest weakness on this team this year. Right, and I think their uh, their penalty kill was thirteenth out of thirty one, maybe or no, that was on defense. I think it was thirteenth. Yeah, thirteenth. Yeah, that, yeah. The penalty kill was much worse. They were bottom five. Yeah, it was bottom five, and yeah. that that was an issue, and it was an issue, not just in the regular season, but probably also in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because we discussed it, and we discussed it with Tom Jones on this podcast about Cooper. <laughs> Tom Jones asked the question, hey, was was there ever any discussion about John Cooper? And Eisenman quickly dismissed it. Oh, it's a question no. you have to ask. I no, mean, but you do have to ask that question. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you're making changes to the coaching staff. Well, that would begin with the evaluation of the head coach. And and whether he wants to say it wasn't a discussion, there was an evaluation. There's always an evaluation. Absolutely. Everybody's evaluated. But you look at what the job he did. You look at who's available. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at uh, who's coming back, how you think those guys will respond to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, three of the last four years, you made it either to the Stanley Cup or the or the Eastern Conference Final. I mean, you know, again, if this was the Glazers, they would have gotten rid of him. <laughs> but but uh, but Steve Eiserman, uh, who and the other thing about Eiserman that I thought was interesting too, like just his whole approach to this thing, um, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but like you know. Everybody thinks of Eisenman as hockey royalty, which he was. I mean, a Hall of Fame player in Detroit. And you think about him in winning the Stanley Cup. He didn't do it until his 14th season. Mm-hmm. Think about that. They had a lot of great teams in Detroit, which he was a part of. And it took him 14 years to get his name on that cup. If you don't think he understands that some years is, you know, it's really hard to get there and you can have a good team, but you you just may not get there. I mean, I think – I think his career taught him some patience, and uh, and that's not to say, look, he made a big change, you know, when he fired Guy Boucher. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Final in Game Seven in Boston, uh, and they lost one to nothing, and he made a change there. So he's not afraid to make changes, even when things seemingly are going okay. Um, but I also think he understands that, you know, uh, 
when you've got a good thing, sometimes you just have to try to get better. And there's change every year. There's going to be change on this hockey team in a lot of different areas too. Um, but it looks like Bonus was, I don't want to say scapegoat, but they evaluated the defense and, you know, they changed them. Yeah, I don't know if it's a scapegoat. I don't know if it's a, you know, you know, who knows if it was something that, you know, did Cooper want this move or did Iserman want this move? And we may never know those answers. Um, right. You know, it could have been Iserman saying, look, you need to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, more likely it was probably Cooper saying, okay, I want to make a change. Um, you know, much like they brought Todd Richards in a couple years ago, um, which Cooper had run the penalty, uh, the power play at that point and then handed over to Todd Richards. And since then it's been doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a change, you know, Iserman talked about this. Well, it's inevitable, but it's also good. Or it can, it can be. be. It can be. Um, I've seen know, it go the other way. Iserman talked about it last year when they missed the playoffs and how the roster basically was the exact same mm-hmm. from going to the Eastern Conference Finals and losing to Pittsburgh in seven games and then having essentially the same roster and not making the playoffs. And granted, they only were three points less than the team prior that did that, but they didn't yeah. make the playoffs. And Iserman talked about, you know, maybe we needed to change the roster up more. Maybe we needed some more change in there. Not change for the sake of change, but how do we get yeah. better? And how, you know, how are we evaluating? And, and the Lightning's going to be undergoing a lot of change in the next year or two. Um, we talked about this, oh, yeah. you know, after when the season ended. You know, they have two defensemen under contract after next season. Right. That's Hedman and Sergachev. Um, they need to most get younger of their, Most defense. of their forwards aren't. Well, they've got a lot of young guys coming up. So it's going to be interesting how all that changes. And Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And you know, maybe now was the time to make a change on the defensive end when your defense over the next year or two is going to change drastically on this team. And right. so if you want to make a change, this is probably the time to do it if you're not sold that bonus is the, the right answer for this team because you're going to have a lot of change and a lot of new pieces and a lot of maybe even putting in new systems yeah. going forward. Well, how, as, as, how, you, you know, as you get younger, as you change out some players, and you could resign some of them, but... yeah. How these conversations go, and I, I don't think that uh, I've not been privy to obviously you know the ownership of of the Lightning and and Eiserman in particular, but in the organization I cover and some of the ones I've covered in the past, I mean, first of all, there's usually very few surprises when you get to this point of the year. You've talked all season about things, you know what I mean? You kind of you kind of know sort of what the temperature is um, in the room, but you do sit down, and it's sort of a chance to to have a meeting of the minds and. You know, the question is usually asked of the head coach, what do you think we need to do? And the head coach, if he has the right answers or the answers that they agree with, um, then they move forward that way. You know, or there's there's back and forth, like the, the GM or the ownership may say, well, I really think we need to do this. And if he was totally against it and totally not on board with it, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it play out. You know, Tony Dungy, um, I tell the story, I remember writing it. It was unbelievable to me that – you know, he had been here three years. They made the playoffs. They lose in Philadelphia. They go to the Pro Bowl to coach the Pro Bowl. Mike Shula's there, and it's Wednesday. I mean, we're midweek already. 
And the Glazers were hell-bent on they wanted to fire their offensive coordinator. And, and Tony said, no, I'm not doing it. I have, you know, my contract says I get to hire the staff, and, you know, I think I think I need to stick with them and blah, blah, blah. And it came down to it, and I, was, I literally thought that we were going to have a situation where Dungey was going to walk away at the freaking Pro Bowl. And it turned out to be Shula said, no, you know, Tony, I get it. They want me. Let's not rip up the whole staff over this. I'll go. And the man had to leave the Pro Bowl after he got fired in, in Hawaii, for goodness sakes. So there is often a push-pull, a struggle. And we know that Tony never adequately replaced, you know, the offensive coordinator, and that was one of the reasons why they got rid of him. But, um, but, but you know, like with Lovey Smith, um, you know, they had a horrible season, okay. Uh, but then they had a pretty good season. They were 6-6, six and six, cut, lost some guys on defense. Quan Alexander, they finished. They lost their last four. They finished 6-10. and 10. He goes in to talk to the Glazers. They want to know what he's going to do on defense. Well, two of his sons coached on defense, and then and then Larry Marmy, who was one of his mentors, and they decided uh, he really didn't have a great answer. His answer was to reach back to get a guy that had been in Chicago. They didn't really like, um, you know, they really didn't think his kids were the answer. And how do you ask a man to fire his kids? You know, one thing led to another where they just decided, you know, we need to make a change, and Lovey is the change we're going to make. So. Um, you just never know when you go in those meetings, but in this case, I guess everybody, I assume everybody was on board to make this move and, uh, we'll see how it works out. The other, the other news there with the lightning is that Ryan Callahan, well, they may not have him for a while. He's going to undergo or underwent actually already shoulder, shoulder surgery, and he's going to be out five months, which takes it pretty much to the start of the regular season. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, at, at the five months would be mid October to late October. So maybe missing the first couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, to be honest, assuming the Lightning get off to a good start, you may even hold him out a little longer to make sure. I mean, his value is more in the playoffs Yep. Uh, for this team and, and, and that. So if he misses the first couple weeks of the season, even the first month or two, not, not a devastating loss in that regard. I mean, you'd rather him be healthy for the postseason or, you know, the stretch run. I mean, consider this. He, he dislocated his shoulder in December, and he only missed five games. This dude – was throwing his body around throughout the playoffs. He's a pretty tough guy, man. Uh, they don't uh, make him they, any tougher they, than they Ryan Callahan. I mean, think about that. He had to go surgery that's going to take five months for him to have full range of motion and be able to play hockey again. And yet he just went through, you know, all the way to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals and was lighting guys up. That's something. That's really something. He's 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 what you call a lead by example guy, absolutely. And there's a reason he was a captain in New York, and he's the alternate captain here in Tampa. Right, right. So he might not be with them when they start, but I'm, I'm with you. He'll be there. Uh, he'll be there shortly thereafter. And then finally, um, I was at OTAs on Thursday. They were open to the media. Um, still no Jason Pierre-Paul. I wish I had a good answer for Bucks fans why he's not there. So they're not down he's with o- JPP yet. Yeah, you know me. You down with JPP? Well, there they here's the weird thing. They said he's been in the building, which, hey man, you might put on a pair of shorts and go out here on the grass for just a little bit. He only, I mean, he only suits gonna, up when there's pads. He you know he's not into the underwear Olympics. I guess. I mean, you can't really do a lot, but you could learn to defense. But if he's in sitting in meeting, like I, I don't understand why he's not out in the sun. You know what I mean? Like, why aren't you at least conditioned? I mean, must maybe have forgot a sunscreen. A, maybe. Boy, you didn't want to do that today. It was really hot out there. So no JPP. Brent Grimes was not there, but he'd been there earlier this week. Um, Vinny Curry, I don't know what where his situation was. A lot of guys, we're not there for every OTA. We're only there 
every third one or whenever they're open to the to the uh, media. So we don't know who comes and goes. But uh, as far as today's practice went, uh, or sorry, Thursday's practice, there was a lot of interceptions. I tell you what, I tell you what, man, this Jameis Winston's throwing some picks now. I don't know whether to think ill of Jameis, which we've seen him throw some interceptions. Although I I've talked to other quarterbacks about this time of year when you're doing install, and the theory is generally. Hey, see what you can get away with because it doesn't it doesn't count. And you know when you're playing against the defense, gets to know you so well, and they're scripted plays, and they they like to jump things all the time. Well, Con Alexander had a pick six, and the defense definitely won the day. Um, there's no doubt about that. But uh, but it's 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 been interesting out there to see you know a lot of new guys. I think the the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is a couple things. One. We sort of, at least I did, and I don't think it's the same in practices and in, in, in shorts and, and a helmet and no pads. Um, but at least for the short time, Vita Vea seems to be handling the heat okay. Remember I talked about him being 347 pounds. Dirk Cutter talked about that today. He thought that Vita's doing really well. They run conditioning drills after practice. He's making it through all that. He seems quick. He's powerful. Uh, again, won't be able to evaluate the offensive or defensive alignment until the pads come on, but he should get even better when that becomes the, the situation. We'll see. Who didn't, who didn't think he, he'd handle the heat? He's a demigod. He's a demigod, yeah. Uh, well, Warren Sapp is, is the no, guy. That's what Maui won. was in the movie. I know. I understand. I'm, right. I'm with you, I'm Moana. just making sure yeah. everyone got the reference. Yes, he's <laughs> Moana. And if you don't believe me, then go watch – Go watch Joe McCoy on NFL. Uh, Good morning football. It? Good morning football. Yeah, my favorite show with Kay Adams. Um, there are other people on the show too, but I just thought I'd mention Kay. Uh, so, yeah. So yeah, he he's handling that okay. He's impressive. Um, the defensive line is is fairly impressive. Um, and but just a lot of a lot of different sort of changes in terms of offensive and defensive line. And, again, we're not going to really know how it all plays out. We do know this, though. Ryan Jensen, who came over from the Ravens as a free agent, when you, when you stand next to him, you know, and, and I, was, I like Joe Hawley a lot. Joe Hawley was a smallish guy. Obviously, Ali Marpet paid, played center last year. Um, Ryan Jensen's a big man. <laughs> he's, a, he's a solid dude. And, uh, and, of course, he's known for sort of being a grinder, uh, plays kind of to the echo of the whistle, and he's the guy that – you know, when he went to the Ravens, he was low draft pick. He got in a fight with Haloti Naga just to just to be noticed. And anybody to pick on the biggest, baddest guy on the team, um, you got to love that. But we had a chance to talk to Ryan Jensen, and he had some insights about how the offensive line is coming together, his relationship that's growing with uh, Jameis Winston, and just um, his overall feelings about um, you know being a Buccaneer. Stop taunting us on Twitter with the meat. Oh my god. Oh, I know. Sorry, I'll, I'll do my best to stop. Are you going to be like bringing some out here at any point in time? <laughs> I might. I might. Uh, might cook some for the team, and you know, maybe share some with you guys. Give us a scrap. <laughs> no doubt. Speaking, speaking of Twitter, you had an interesting one about the Lightning, where you think maybe you chose the wrong sport here, or? Oh no, you know, just just joking around. I'm kind of a scrapper on the field, so uh, when uh, that fight happened in Game Seven, you know, kind of got me got me excited, and uh, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, there, there's a place for it. You, you've done that a little bit. Though. You did that in the past in some Ravens practices. I want to say, was it there was a Haloti incident? <laughs> there was, there was. Me and Haloti had uh, gone at it a couple times, and uh, when I was when I was young and uh, a rookie, and just trying to make a name for myself. So um, there's definitely a spot for it. Coach Warhop wanted to hear about that, so 
Bay is a guy that's been compared a lot to him. I mean, do you see some similarities there? Definitely. You know, uh, he's very, very body type is very much like uh, Helodi's, and his athleticism uh, is, is very comparable. And uh, going against him, obviously, we're not full contact right now and, and stuff like that, but he's, he's big and he's strong, and uh, he's, I think he could be uh, very similar to Helodi. Are you helping uh, Alex Kappa with the mental side of the game and maybe some hair products as well? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, uh, Alex, he's a, he's a smart football player. Um, he's in his playbook all the time. Every time I, I walk into the meeting room, he's been there for five or ten minutes already going over uh, the day's install and stuff like that. So uh, he's he's really into it. Ali Morfett's been one of those guys that's been thrown around as a Pro Bowl caliber type player. Uh, the pads haven't come on yet, but if you've seen that with him as preparation and attention to detail yeah definitely Ali's very uh prompt with everything that he does and takes care of his body well and uh he's always in his playbook and you know he's he's helped me a lot actually uh learning a new playbook and and uh it's it's been it's been really nice having a couple vet guys to be able to uh help me with the playbook it's a new look line this season how are you guys yeah, definitely. It, it, with everything, it takes a little bit of time. But uh, going into, I think, our sixth OTA today, yeah, today was our sixth OTA. You know, we're starting to mesh better, and, and you know, the communication is, is big in the way we communicate with each other. And having, you know, a couple new pieces in there, it makes it a little tough. But, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there. How are you guys meshing personality-wise? Because that's a big part of it, too, having that chemistry. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the chemistry with personalities and stuff like that, we're all, uh, you know, a younger, a younger group. And, um, we can relate with each other really well, and we hang out after, at, outside football and, and stuff like that. So the chemistry is, is very big on the offensive line, and uh, we're, really, we're really starting to, starting to click. Have you cooked or grilled any meat for any of your teammates? Not yet. We're actually having an O-line barbecue tomorrow, and I, I got a couple briskets that I'm throwing on, so it'll be, it's going to be good. Whose place is it at? Uh, it's like, uh, I'm not sure, actually. We, have to, we haven't figured that out yet. How much crap did Donovan Smith get for bringing, bringing uh, I believe it was lasagna, to the last one, the one at JRC? Oh, no, it was delicious. I liked it. It was good. Even in this kind of weather? Yeah, even in this weather. It was, it was, lasagna is good any time of year. There are no off-limit dishes for, for barbecues. Kale. <laughs> Kale, yeah, yeah, veggies, no veggies. <laughs> Brian, Speaking the, of the quarterback-center relationship is unique. I know it's only been six practices, but you guys got to see the field the same way. What's it, what's it been like working with James? Yeah, James, uh, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, it's been a little bit different. Uh, James takes a little bit more control. Of, of things, mic points, etc., okay. where uh, I'm, I was used to doing everything, yeah. and uh, so getting that chemistry with with Jameis is it's really starting to come along, and you know he plays off me, and I'm, I'm starting to play off him, and it's it's uh, it's been good. We've we've been getting uh, getting that chemistry down. Have you guys talked about maybe switching that a little bit, taking some off his plate as far as the line calls go? I think that that'll come with time, and when we sit down and and start game planning and and stuff like that when I can see stuff I'll, I'll take care of it for him and you know if I don't see something he can take care of it for me so it's uh it's one of those things that it'll, it'll be a, a work in progress and especially when we start game planning that'll be a, a more uh apt thing a lot of the people inside the building are talking about wanting to have that just a you know when you look on the offensive line but are you adding like a fit and vinegar mentality just to have mollers and that was actually a word that was described when you came in here um do you kind of see that? And I know you just got here, so it's kind of hard to compare it to anything previously, but do you kind of feel like, you know, the, the attitude and the vibe is just changing with that group? Yeah, definitely. Um, when they brought me in, that was one thing they wanted me to do. They wanted me to kind of, you know, push that a little bit more and you know granted we're in OTAs right now but I can I can tell guys mentalities are starting starting to get really you know more to that that uh, that vinegary uh, type attitude and uh, I think it's, it's going to change and it's going to be good. What have you seen from Bo Allen? You mentioned Vita Bea but uh, 
another big body in there too. No. Yeah, Bo's a, a big athletic guy, uh, you know, a little bit shorter than, than him, uh, but athletic uh, is what I've noticed. He's very athletic. Uh, he plays the run really well, and he's, he's just a, a stout, a stout, a stout guy. So, yeah, some interesting insights there from Ryan Jensen, who I think is going is to bring the attitude that they've lacked really ever since maybe, like, say, Logan Mankins left, and that should certainly improve their run game, which was uh, last in the NFL last year, and that's, that's where they're looking for the biggest improvement. So uh, good to catch up with him. Meanwhile, busy weekend in sports. Of course, USF, who's in the NCAA baseball tournament, they play Oklahoma State. That uh, region is in DeLand at Stetson University, so they play them. Um, that'd be this afternoon, right? Yeah, 1 o'clock today. And, yep. And then you got the Rays and the Mariners go at 10-10 tonight out in Seattle. Ryan Stenick is the starter in that game. you got the, the Memorial Golf Tournament going on uh, with Tiger Woods, who shot even par after a really crappy uh, first first few holes anyway. I uh, managed, managed to get it back to even par. And then Stanley Cup final game three is uh, Saturday night. That's that been a fun series is, already. Is tied. It has been. It has been. I, I, I go back and forth. Like, I was surprised at Las Vegas being able to score, you know, at all <laughs> after watching the, the Lightning not score for two games. But, you know, that first game, um, six goals, five goals with the empty netter. But then, um, you know, Brayden Holtby, man, he played phenomenal. In game two, uh, made a save, a stick save that probably that literally saved the game late in that one. And uh, now it's going back to Washington. I feel good if I was a Caps fan. I'd feel really good that they got one in Las Vegas, which clearly is a tough place. Has been a tough, tough place to play all year. Yeah, no, I mean that. Look, when you're the road team starting a series, especially in hockey, you you want one of two on the road. You Absolutely. take one. I mean, if you get two, it's it's gravy. But you want one. Yeah. Now they don't have a good history at home in these playoffs because they got beat twice by the Lightning, and um, that was sort of sort of been what's happened uh, when they go back to Washington. So we'll see uh, we'll see how that series. This is going to be an interesting series, though. I'm, I'm I really didn't know if I was going to be into it, but I've kind of I've kind of enjoyed watching those two teams go at it. So be curious to see weekend. if any of the Rays players go to Game Four Monday. The Rays will be in Washington for an off day on Monday, and that's Game Four that night. So be Heck curious yeah. if any of the Rays players uh, get some tickets and go. I mean, it's going to cost you some money, but hell, some of those guys can make money, right? So they can afford it. But uh, I, I think the uh, boy, I want to say that the the average price of a ticket in Las Vegas was just through the roof, like oh, I'm I don't sure know, six sixty five hundred dollars or something like that for the for the cheapest seat. I mean, it was just but you got some high rollers out there, obviously. I mean, the casinos, you know, could uh, could buy those up and give them to their better well, customers. There's a there's a local guy here that put a hundred dollars on Vegas to win the Stanley Cup at two hundred to one odds. Beautiful. So he's hoping for a twenty thousand dollar payday if Vegas can uh, win the series. Not bad. The article man. was in the Tampa Bay Times uh, today. Yeah, Greg Allman wrote it. Yep, yeah, that's a pretty good story. Make sure you check that out. And as always, we're here. As I told you, Monday through Friday, we love your feedback and a chance to interact with us. You can always reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. Um, you can reach me on uh, Twitter as well at NFL Stroud or by email at rstroud at tampabay.com. And as always, please, please rate and review this podcast. And where can they get it, Steve? You can do that anywhere you get the podcast, whether you're subscribing through iTunes or maybe it's Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. You can like the podcast there, subscribe, but you can also leave comments. Or you can go to tampabay.com slash sports and you can leave your comments there as well. Enjoy the Rays. Enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, even though your Lightning may not be in it. And, of course, the NCAA baseball tournament. Also, go see my friend Andy if you're thinking about getting engaged at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. I'm telling you, you will not 
regret this. This will be the best decision. It will save you absolutely the most money. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Bursnick. Good night now.